Adrian Autry caps off his first week as the head coach at Syracuse with one of the biggest transfer signings in program history. We break it all down, plus an unfortunate goodbye from Central New York. It's coming up on your Wednesday episode of Locked on Syracuse, and it starts right now. Our Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning and welcome into Lockdown Syracuse for your Wednesday episode. I'm Owen Valentine and thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Some massive news in the 315 that came out just as our episode on Tuesday dropped on YouTube. So we got a good amount of this content already covered. But just after we post it, J.J. Starling, one of the first guys to actually declare a commitment out of the transfer portal, the number one rated transfer at this point in time on 24-7 and on on three, has committed to Adrian Autry and committed to Syracuse. This is what we've been asking for. This was the changing of the guard, the turning of the tide. Uh, This is what you wanted as a Syracuse fan is to say, Adrian Autry, you're the coach. You're our guy. Let's buy in. Who can you give us immediately? And this is one of the biggest answers he could have possibly come out with, secured already, committed to Syracuse, ready to go. And we talked about this yesterday on yesterday's episode. A big deal because he can either be one of the best supplementary pieces to Judah Mintz that you can find this offseason or he presents the perfect replacement if Judah decides he is attending uh, NBA Combine, things like that, uh, and declares for the draft, things like that. So both ways works absolutely perfectly. I think these two guys can play together really effectively. I think their play styles are similar, but they also are are different enough that you're going to see success. Uh, Starling shoots the ball a little bit better. Mintz gets to the hoop a little bit better. And I think they both present exactly what you were looking for in this briefly advertised Adrian Autry team that you're looking at the changes. And one of those changes you heard was this team wants to get out and run. They want to move. They want to play a little bit of a faster paced basketball game and having the duo combining as one of the best front courts in college basketball with Judah Mintz and JJ Starling, you can get out and run with the best of them. And that is what this does in terms of allowing you to move and get out and transition and score those points off of turnovers. You've got some length uh, in terms of your guards up top, in terms of Judah and Starling. You've got that athleticism and you've got that ability to quick outlet and move at any point in time. This duo is tremendously important for Syracuse. And Starling marks one of the biggest transfers in program history And I don't think I'm overreacting by saying that. I was looking at, you know, some of the more recent transfers into the program that were relevant. 
you know, you've got Jimmy Bayheim who, who had a decent season last year. You had Cole Swider, who had a decent season last year. I think Starling's ceiling is, is above both of those players with ease uh, in terms of looking at the recent guys. Chukwu, technically a transfer. Uh, he was important, but there was nothing absolutely incredible. Uh, as we're looking through here, this is all alphabetized. Uh, I'm trying to find some other big names. John Gillen. Big time, right? Had some impact, but that team never really made the jumps uh, to where you might have wanted it to with him on it. Uh, Michael Benege is is got to be high on that list. Uh, Ryan Blackwell was an important one. Uh, we'll keep his name in conversations as we progress. Uh, maybe looking into coaching changes. Elijah Hughes uh, in terms of recent transfers coming in. Uh, Wes Johnson, obviously, you can't do a transfer list with Syracuse and not have him involved. Uh, Saimir, obviously we'll talk about him in a little bit. And then Andrew White, uh, in terms of recent transfers. Now I'm sure there's some ones that, that maybe I missed or, uh, I'm not given the proper credit. And if I do, and I miss someone, let me know, hit it in the comments, let me know on Twitter, whatever's easiest for you. Uh, just at a quick search slash, uh, what's coming to memory right now. Those were the names that sort of popped up in terms of, uh, transfer effectiveness. I didn't really know that Leo Routens was a transfer. That one's new to me. Um, but yeah, so you've had recent success uh, and some bigger names come from the transfer portal to Syracuse. This has potential to be one of the most important, one of the most successful, and one of the most effective transfers in the history of Syracuse basketball. And I don't think I'm overselling it. I don't think that's hyperbole. I don't think I'm lying to you in having that reaction. J.J. Starling presents those capabilities when put on a team that can allow him to succeed. And this team and the players that you have coming back, in theory, uh, present an opportunity as such for this to be incredibly successful. It's fun to see the reunion, the I'm coming home graphics, the J.J. Starling returning to the 315. I always remember uh, I, I played against him, I believe, at the Y in pickup games a couple of times. Uh, my brother played against him uh, when he was coming through Liverpool and Starling was playing through Baldwinsville um, at the JV level. Uh, it's It's been cool to see him do his thing. And you watched it locally. And then you watched him go to La Lumiere. And then you watched year one at Notre Dame, which was a solid year. I don't think it's what he wanted it to be. The team really, really struggled. You're in coaching change. And if you're going to coaching change, you might as well mix things up, I guess, was the mentality and trying to find that success. And I don't want to bash Bayheim here in terms of Jim Bayheim, but, you know, it, it does say something that, you know, he goes to Notre Dame and now he comes back where this coaching switch happened, right? The, the, uh, the anxiety, I guess, the, the uncertainty of when is Jim Beheim gone and who will be the successor and will I fit their ideas? Do I like them? That whole ordeal. It looms large and, and Autry is able to secure a massive week one commitment to Syracuse saying, Hey, I, I know some people aren't necessarily sure of me. I know people, myself included, would have liked some sort of external search to see who was the guy and see where it goes. But Red Autry this morning with this commitment and with what he's done in the six days since he has taken over as the head basketball coach in terms of getting out uh, on the rails, darling, 
uh, is tremendous and I am sold, I am on board and I am ready to see what comes next because this has been a flawless start and really cool uh, to see and have that effectiveness and get that immediate impact, right? This was 24 hours after the transfer portal opened, Syracuse secures the number one guy in this portal right now. That's gigantic. So good for him. Congratulations. I was buzzing this morning when I saw the news and, and hearing the conversations and seeing that, especially because, you know, we previewed it on yesterday's episode, how effective he and Judah could be together. This is tremendous news and an outstanding start in terms of pitching Red Autry as being the guy and being the start of this transition and of the, the night is always darkest before the dawn. We're starting to see a dawn maybe. Uh, if you can bring in another guy or two uh, to supplement and keep some of these core players as well. Uh, one more thing to talk about with regards to this that I want to hit on uh, briefly and maybe, you know what, let's let's postpone that. Let's put it off a second. We'll talk about that uh, because we have a little bit of a shakeup in the guard spot for Syracuse. You bring Symir or you bring, uh, there goes the tease. You bring JJ Starling in, uh, but you do have to trade off Saimir Torrance, who enters the transfer portal today as well. Uh, we'll break that down after a quick word about FanDuel. We have passed the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Seems easy enough. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drain, player props. Give me some points. Give me some rebounds, assists. The two-by-three, that's a fun one. Two threes scored in the first three minutes of a game. Have fun. And you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go fanduel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So we talked about it. You get a huge name in J.J. Starling. But you get some news as well today that Symir Torrance will hit the transfer portal uh, to seek his grad year elsewhere. I don't think I'm genuinely surprised about this. Uh, it's a little bit shocking just because Symir has already been a transfer, transferring in uh, two years ago, uh, and he wanted to come back and wanted to be, right, a Central New York kid and, and, and play in Syracuse. And unfortunately, the minutes did not necessarily work themselves out. It's got to be the assumption for me, you know, playing behind a guy in Judah, playing behind a guy in Joe Girard uh, didn't present a ton of minutes for Symir, especially given, you know, Bayheim doesn't change things up too much, right? He likes his lineups. And even this year, he mixed it up way more than normal. And Symir Torrance wasn't finding himself in games more than 10, maybe 15 minutes uh, a showing. So good for him. I, I think this is a decision that makes sense to me to be able to go out there, find a spot where you can get some extra run for your final go around, finish out your college basketball career with a little bit more minutes uh, you look at the numbers for him this season, nothing incredible. Uh, he played in all 30, or he played in 31 of 32 games, 11 minutes on average, averaged 2.4 points per game, 
half a steal, 1.6 assists, one and a half rebounds, shot the three all right, 33% from three, 45% from the field, 83% free throw shooter. I'm confident that that there is a place for Saimir Torrance to go where he can succeed, where he can play 25, 30 minutes a game as a starter and and be a, a double-digit scorer at a lower tier in Division One basketball. I think he can handle that. I think he has got the ability to do so. Uh, it just is not necessarily going to work itself out in Syracuse, especially given the Starling news, right? Starling doesn't transfer in. You lose Judah, you lose Joe. If that possibility would have happened, then you got Saimir most likely slotting in in some capacity to severely elevated minutes, uh, depending on who Syracuse could get in the portal. When you figure out Starling's coming in, when you're starting to see that Judah Mintz going to the NBA is not as set in stone as maybe we thought it was one or two weeks ago. You're starting to see that we haven't heard anything from Joe Girard. What's happening in that regard? And you see the writing on the wall there. Makes sense to me. Uh, It was fun to have him back. I love it when Central New York guys are in Central New York playing college basketball for a team they grew up rooting for. It's fun. It's exciting. It's a dream come true for those guys. Unfortunately, here didn't necessarily work out perfectly for Saimir in terms of getting the elevated minutes. But one more go at it. Take the last year of eligibility. Have some fun. Put up some numbers and do something big. I'm excited for him. I have nothing bad to say about Saimir, and I don't think anyone really should. I think he was able this season a lot of times uh, during the the roller coaster that was Judah Mintz transitioning to a point guard. That was Judah Mintz uh, early on, right? Had some some freshman moments. Uh, control, right? Controlling pace, being under control, getting to the hoop. Saimir presented a very nice balance off the bench uh, to what Judah would sometimes do. And slowing things down a little bit uh, was was nice and, and sometimes was necessary. And I think Saimir did a good job in terms of finding that rhythm, finding that pace, and doing what you could in certain instances uh, when you needed some, some experience and a little bit of uh, control, I guess. I don't want to say out of control in terms of Judah. Wasn't always that instance, but just sort of, Uh, playing a more relaxed game sometimes. Uh, Saimir was a great parody to to what Judah was doing or to what the team was doing. Down the stretch, maybe some poor decisions uh, in terms of when he was in late in the year in ACC games, but you you go game by game. You had a season high this year of 12 against Oakland. He scored double digits against Lehigh to start the year out. Uh, outside of that, though, he had an eight-point performance against Virginia Tech, where he hit two three or two free throws. There, there wasn't anything that he did that I, I think Syracuse is unrecoverable for, uh, and I, I think that is a good sign, right? You are now two days in the books of the transfer portal, and you've lost a, a bench guy who, at this point in time, doesn't look like a starter. That's a good look. It's good to see the commitment and that people are loyal during the transition from Bayheim to Adrian Autry. I think it's a great sign. 
Maybe you lose a name or two more, depending on who it is, right? The severity of that could change. But right now, you lost a guy whose decision makes a lot of sense and is not a, a detrimental impact by any means. I actually think that Simeon Torrance transferring out presents a new interesting dynamic in terms of the guard play. As of now, you've got two guards that you think are coming back. And J.J. Starling, who committed today, and Judah Mintz, who the more we seem to have these conversations, the more it seems like he's going to come back for round two. That's a beautiful starting duo in the front court. Now there is uh, this this curveball, this this change of pace, this interesting option as well, as everybody on this year's roster has at least one year of eligibility left, courtesy of COVID. Joe Girard does not have to depart. And that is the weird trio that that needs to be formally discussed. And I think adds a little bit of a wrench into the decision for Joe because there is a reality with a coaching change, with Judah Mintz and J.J. Starling, two guards with NBA potential ceilings. Judah, if he departs right now, would be drafted. And Starling has a ceiling uh, that is an NBA level, I think. Is Joe Girard starting? I don't think so. Maybe he does. But if Joe Girard could buy in to coming off the bench as a spot-up three-point shooter, oh, my God, what a dynamic that would be what a team that could present i've said this time and time again throughout gerard's time at syracuse outside of the top 200 in recruiting was supposed to be a role player bench guy that came in in certain spots as a good shooter Overperformed. no one saw this guy as a four-year starter and he did it no one thought when all was said and done joe gerard was going to be a top 20 scorer in Syracuse basketball history, 1,700 points just about. Joe can score, but Joe in that role of coming in for 10 to 20 minutes off the bench and just being a shooter, which is his role, that's what he should be doing. He was never a point guard. He was never someone you want to dribble penetrate. He's never someone you want in there to be a focal point of your defense, but he is a guy you want in there to shoot the three. And if he buys into that, to come back for one more year and say, let's see what we can do in one last run, this team has a ceiling like you haven't seen in the last five years for Syracuse with ease. That would be tremendous. Will it happen? I don't know. Will Gerard come back to begin with? That's question one. Question two, does Judah Mintz come back? Question three, if the three of those guys are there, what do you do rotation-wise? Good problem to have, I think, in everybody's mind. Great problem to have in terms of everybody's mind. I think I would love to. I don't know how realistic it is. I'd love to see a Judah and JJ starting lineup with Joe Girard coming in 
and playing 15 minutes a game. And if he puts up 5, 10 shots in 15 minutes from Gerard, so be it. Maybe 5 to 8 shots. 10 seems a bit excessive. Right? I want him shooting the ball. Come out, be a volume shooter, throw defenses off, draw attention, be something worrisome when you hear that horn and you see the subs coming in. I think he could do that. And I think that is the role that Joe Girard was supposed to fulfill. And he overachieved in that role, becoming a four-year starter and becoming a scorer in the ACC. And a guy who was top five in scoring in the ACC, despite having five or 10 games this year where he was terrible. That's the volume of scoring that you can get. You can say he shoots too much, makes bad decisions, doesn't defend great. I get it. But you can't deny numbers and you can't deny the fact that he does score and he was not supposed to be in a role this elevated for this extended period of time. We got a lot that will still happen. This is the first of many dominoes that will fall in terms of players coming to Syracuse and players departing from Syracuse. We know that. It's going to be a busy offseason. It's going to be a fun ride to see what happens with so much change, right? You've got a new head coach. You're going to bring in a new assistant in the near future. You just brought in a phenomenal transfer, one of the best transfers statistically all time to come to Syracuse uh, after their freshman year or after those freshman year stats. A big deal. There's a lot of change that will happen. A new offense. Jim Beheim said in an interview today, or maybe it was yesterday, that he doesn't expect. And if he were to predict, he would predict that Syracuse doesn't play the 2-3 next year. A new defense, a new offense, a new play style, a new head coach, and new players, plus an experienced, one year of experienced group together that had an awful four-year stretch or four-game stretch and a couple of strugglesome games early on, but as a team that grew and improved and you bring in some pieces ooh, they got a lot of potential we're going to cover it as much as we can uh shout out to you know tipton edits over on twitter for getting it out shout out to 24 7 high school hoops over on twitter for getting that out uh we we love seeing that reporting getting it out quickly uh and, and seeing everything that has to do with where Syracuse's name could be involved in the transfer portal. Who knows what happens next, right? We take it day by day. Uh, I did have a snow day today, so I was able to follow things a little bit closer tomorrow, in theory, back at work. So if something happens in the day, uh, maybe I'm a little bit late to the game, late to the punch there, uh, but try and keep the eyes open for things as often as possible. Uh, I, I got to give you all a shout out. The, the viewership, the interactions over the last week have been tremendous. We have had, I believe, four straight episodes with over 1,000 views on YouTube. That is the first time in the history of the show this has ever happened or that has ever happened. I am so appreciative. I know Syracuse is writing the stories for me. A lot is happening. Big news day after big news day after big news day. But the fact that you come here to get the insight, to get some ideas, to get my raw reactions a lot of the time uh, is amazing. And thank you so much for, for joining in whenever you do in the comments, on Twitter, 
Uh, my Twitter notifications were absurd today because of conversations, debates, uh, different tweets, different posts from everyone. It was awesome to see. Uh, so thank you for all those interactions, uh, the subscriptions, the follows, the ratings, anything. Uh, it does go a long way, means a lot. And thank you so much. So thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse a priority and your first listen today and every day. If you're looking for more and you need a bit more, you still got another day to break down your brackets, go to the bracket or grab your bracket and go listen to Lockdown College Basketball Bracket Breakdown. There's national analysis and insights from our local experts. The Lockdown College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Lockdown College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Thank you for listening today and every day. If you want a little bit more, there should be another video right there. You can subscribe right there if you haven't. Get the notification the second these videos go live so you can be one of the first to get involved in our conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Owen Valentine. I'll catch you tomorrow with our Thursday episode.